When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to say welcome back, but I don't know. Welcome. It's like a nice word. How about, um, sorry, we have to meet under these circumstances again. Turf Show Times listeners, Rams fans, every week we get together, myself, Kenneth Arthur with Chris Daniel and J.B. Scott, we talk about the Rams game far too many times this year, uh, as opposed to last season, we've had not so many nice things to say about the team, but always hoping that uh, and expecting and believing, I think, that the next week we would have something better to say about the Rams, especially the offense. And uh, of course, nothing bigger than the results as the Rams go into week nine at three and four under 500 facing a Bucks team in pretty much the exact same situation right now. Can't run the football, losing record, recent Super Bowl champions having a bad season. And you had the team that could come out of this and get their season back on track. And the team that would have way more questions than answers after this one if they had lost. And the Rams are the team that ends up losing. They had the win in their grasps. It was right there. Four and a half fingers gripping on to the win and Tom Brady and the Bucks take it away. I want to say that there are ways to approach this. And, and once you feel right after that, you know, you have an overreaction potentially. Maybe it's not an overreaction. Um, and then maybe we could approach this game with an underreaction and try and uh, see, like, uh, you know, what's the silver lining to everything that goes wrong as the Bucks win 16 to 13. Chris, is the Rams season over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The season's over. Um, I was watching the game just mesmerized, even when we were winning, as to how bad it's gotten. And I was in shock with how bad it's gotten, even while we were winning. And I texted you before the uh before the the Buccaneers second to last drive. And I said, Tom Brady is about to he's about to do a sin. I've seen this too many times as a Rams fan. I've I'm too familiar with this particular feeling of the Brady comeback. It, this the season is basically over. We've got some some games against teams that are sub 500 Saints, uh, Cardinals, yada yada yada. It doesn't matter. Um, this season is over. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. The Rams are three and five. The Seahawks win against the Cardinals. So the Seahawks are six and three. Technically speaking, if the Rams win their two games against the Seahawks, as the Rams tend to do, they would have the same number of losses. And then it would just be, well, how did these two teams perform in their remaining games? But, Chris, I think as you say, 
even as the Rams were winning this game, there wasn't a lot of positive to take away from it. It still looked like the team that has been struggling offensively to such a significant degree and doing it, not doing quite enough on defense to make you think, well, maybe it's like a, you know, if the defense was forcing five turnovers a week and kind of this exciting offensive uh, defense, that would be something different, but that's not really been the case quite so much with the Rams defense. So the Rams have an opportunity with the schedule to really make us forget about these first eight games, but they got a lot to do to make up for what they've done in these first eight games. JB is the Rams season over. I mean, I think probably, but you know, as you said, you can beat the Seahawks twice. Uh, you, the you, the 49ers are off the schedule, so that's two automatic losses that are pretty much removed, right? But I think what's so fascinating about this year's Rams team is just how they're losing games in ways that are uncharacteristic since Sean McVay arrived in 2017. And, you know, this is his third game that they've lost whenever they went into halftime with the lead. And, you know, I don't think you lost kind of how many wins there are, right? But if you flash back to week 18 last year against the 49ers, last week's game against the 49ers, and then this week's game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like this running game and the lack of it is becoming so detrimental to this offense. So you couldn't put away this game. That sequence that, you know, three and out you had before you gave the Buccaneers the ball and they drove down and scored the final touchdown. That was so painful to watch. And I can't remember a time that Sean McVay's taken such a conservative approach that, you know, the run game's not going to work, but you absolutely have to run the ball to keep the clock moving that you're so desperate. You try a jet sweep to Cooper cup that you ran three or four times earlier in the game with zero success. And you know, he, maybe he gets five yards and it's okay. But you know, Matthew Stafford only had 27 attempts in this game versus Tom Brady's 58. And it seemed like one team knew that if they were going to get going on offense, it was going to be through their signal caller. And the other team seemed to be hiding from their signal caller and not wanting to put the ball in his hands. And you know, even despite a, a running game. So I think, you know, 27 attempts is a shockingly low number for the Rams quarterback. He only completed 13, so less than half. Uh, it's pretty... I, I don't know what you do with, with this offense at this point. I have a hard time believing that, you know, maybe someone like uh, Bryce Perkins with the limited offense you're running and his mobility couldn't, you know, have a similar game to what Stafford had this afternoon. That's interesting. Um, I, I want to know, cause yeah, you talk about the last series there for the Rams. And I thought at the time after the Rams forced a turnover on downs by, you know, keeping Tom Brady and the Bucks out of the end zone on what many people assumed would be the final drive for Tampa Bay. You know, on that series, after he had the Cooper Cup run where he slides and just make sure they're running down the clock, you know, that moment right there truly felt like, okay, the Rams are playing to not lose. That's their only focus right now is, you know, just to try and believe what they think they're doing is the not losing move. But if you had some sort of attack, if you had some sort of, hey, let's, I mean, at what point, you know, there was all the talk of analytics and how often you should go for a fourth down and so on and so forth. I mean, what about this team that comes out and throws on first down in that situation and trusts Cooper Cup to be a receiver, you know, the reigning offensive player of the year, that guy, instead of saying, Coop, just, you know, get down. No matter how many yards you've gained, just get down. And, you know, that was a play that felt like the Rams are giving the Bucs a chance to win this game. And I feel like that was the very moment when the cameras cut to Tom Brady and I could see his lips 
and read enough to know his lips said, so, okay, so we'll have 50 seconds left. I mean, it was like at that moment where you just found like, even though the Rams were approaching third down and still had opportunity to get a first down, there was a pretty good chance that Tampa Bay was going to get the ball back with 50 seconds left to the greatest player who's ever lived. And that was like, why are you playing to give Tom Brady another chance? You know, this is not the Tom Brady of being completely finished. So uh, I, that was another move there. And the Rams second half drives after they kicked a field goal to take a 10, six lead in the third quarter, the Rams drives three plays, negative one yard punt, six plays, 31 yards, field goal, three plays, negative one yard punt, three plays, negative seven yards, punt, three plays, six yards, punt, which was the one I just talked about. And then the, the Bucks score the go ahead touchdown, uh, JB, uh, just with regards to that, those offensive, those second half offensive uh, plays and drives, uh, you know, do you think Sean McVay is is having a, a bad year? Do we need to say that Sean McVay is having a bad year? Well, I think the first thing I'd say is let's note that the offensive line isn't necessarily an excuse anymore. At left tackle, you have Larry Jackson. He's not really the problem. Uh, Bobby Evans, you drafted him in the third round and he's been in your building for four years. You really, he, if he needs to step in as a spot starter, he really should be prepared and he's not. So he gave up three sacks to Vita Vea. That was a catastrophic failure by him, but, uh, really that's a failure on the, the evaluation process through the draft and coaching him up, up to this point. Right. And then, you know, Brian Allen, he's solidified this line since he's come back. You put in Chandler Brewer at right guard this week. He wasn't the problem. And then Rob Havenstein, you just extended him right before the season started, right? So you, it's obvious you trust him. So what is this offense trying to be? I truly don't understand. And, you know, I think the broadcast did a great job outlining it with Tony Romo and such, where, you know, Sean McVay's the cuteness, the smoke and mirrors, and Blaine Grissack and I talk about this on Saturdays with last-minute thoughts all the time, but the smoke and mirrors only go so far. And I think that's why you're seeing more production in the first half if you flash back to the 49ers game last week. And then, you know, things start to dry up in the second half. And you just, it's best on best. And the ability of your players have to show out. And, you know, Van Jefferson, he was targeted five times a day, didn't come up with a single catch, had that brutal drop over the middle of the field. Allen Robinson can't really separate or really run farther than eight yards down the field. So when you put it all on Cooper Cup's shoulders, it's not going to work. Even though he was wide open on those two passes, any quarterback in the NFL could have made those throws. Now I didn't really see Matthew Stafford elevate the remaining offense. And I think that's been the theme for this year. Chris, the Rams score 13 points today. Matthew Stafford completes 13 passes, is sacked four times. Uh, they they run 24 times for 68 yards, averaging 2.8 yards per carry. And outside of Cooper Cup, this wide receiver unit has to be one of the biggest disasters in the entire NFL this year. Maybe a really underrated story right now is the amount of capital that the Rams have invested into wide receiver and how there is not one singular talent outside of Cooper Cup in spite of that. I'll ask you the same question. Is Sean McVay having a bad year and most to blame for the struggles with the Rams this season? I mean, he, the, the blame kind of – has to start at the top and in terms of the actual product on the field he's the top so yeah you got to give him blame um but it everyone's having a bad year you know and when we have to play so one-dimensional like we're playing with one arm tied behind our back because we cannot run the football 
if teams know we're not going to run the football, you really don't have to stack the box. You can have more players in the secondary in the, in the back half of the defense. You don't have to respect the play action. The jet sweep is non-existent at this point, and the Bucks were prepared for it every time we ran it today. It's it's really, really bad on offense. I don't want to hear anybody talking about a uh, soft zone on defense anymore. We get it, all right? Talk about the offense. You go after the head. What is the head coach's specialty? The head coach's specialty is offense. How is the offense doing? They're doing 13 points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have been shredded on the ground in the last two weeks. And we come up with 68 yards on the ground. Yes, Sean McVay is having a bad a bad year. So is Matthew Stafford. So is Daryl Henderson. So is Cam Akers. So is everyone not named Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald. It's, it's bad across the board. Part of this is... I don't like the term Super Bowl hangover because I don't I don't necessarily really believe in it. But the Rams were a borderline team of destiny last year. They had to win the Super Bowl last year. They had to. It wasn't about the year after. It wasn't about 2022. They had to win last year's Super Bowl. They did that. This year, we were expected to, quote, run it back, but the main guy who started to run it back decided to run out of town and join the Buffalo Bills, looking like a genius now, right? There's nothing to put your hat on. What is the defense? They're just there. They're doing just enough to keep us in game, so respect to them on that. And the offense is doing more than enough to lose games. So that blame has to reside with Sean McVay first and foremost. You know, you bring up uh, Aaron Donald and, uh, you know, as one of the players who is not having a bad year. I'm curious, though, just your thoughts. Do you think, I mean, obviously we don't have the, we're not looking at the Aaron Donald of 27 years old or, you know, and, and so not to say that he's having a bad year or that he's a bad, or that he's like not one of the best players in the league, but do you see that, do you see Aaron Donald maybe being at like not the player that he was four or five years ago? And the reason that I ask being like, do the Rams have the talent like that separate last year? Very similar team won the Super Bowl. And not only that, but was seven and one prior to getting Von Miller and OBJ. So they were it wasn't just the added components. So uh if there is a lesser Aaron Donald. You know, the Rams, do you see the Rams elevating anywhere near uh, what they need to to make up for that difference? No, um, it, it because we've always relied on the Aaron Donald effect. I'm not going to say he is the Aaron Donald of even I'm, this is what I'm going to say about Aaron Donald. I'm not going to say anything negative about his play because he. Yes, we've come accustomed to sacks, but at the same time, he impacts the game in ways that aren't going to show up in the box score. So if anyone says Aaron Donald is losing it and they're not watching film and know what to look for when they're watching film, then it's an uneducated opinion. So I personally have not been watching film like that this year. So I'm not going to say anything about Aaron Donald dropping off yet, but what I will say 
is if you're Aaron Donald and you're going through this season, after the season, you sit down and you look at this roster. Where does this roster get better? If this roster does not get better, do you decide? I've had I've had a good run. I won a Super Bowl. I'm not coming back for anything less than a Super Bowl. And this team is not built to chase another Super Bowl right now. That's going to kind of be the discussion that I want to hear from Aaron Donald. I I don't know if he's going to come back next season. Why Why would he? Right. Overreaction. Maybe it's an overreaction, but that's my thought <laughs> right now. No, I mean that's uh that's it's a great point because we have to ask if the Rams are a bad team now. You know, at this point, I think it was something that I think we were trying to hint at, or maybe I said outright, like oh, I'm looking at the schedule and it it's not just the Rams record, it's the way the Rams are losing and the way the Rams are winning and a collection of seven games that is now stretched into eight games. And we have to ask ourselves, you know, there there isn't reinforcements coming for the offensive line. There isn't a new star running back coming out of nowhere. You've got these players. And for eight games now, this has been, you know, there's different ways to measure the worst offense in the NFL, but in some ways the worst offense in the NFL. So the Rams are three and five right now. We have to ask ourselves, could the Rams be four and 13? Could the Rams be five and 12? Maybe this is a team that doesn't get better because, you know, the Bucks were three and five going into this game, you know, and maybe Tom Brady, Chris, as you astutely pointed out, and we saw it today, doesn't really get counted until November, uh, November, because we saw, hey, wow, okay, yeah, you know, maybe the Bucs didn't score 30 points and Tom Brady would la- rather do that, but there he was at the end winning the game. So, you know, uh, we have to ask, maybe are the, the Rams actually now a bad team? JB, do you think the Rams you know, we'll struggle to get to 500. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah, I mean, I think you still have a pretty favorable schedule coming up in some ways, right? But this team is just so hard to watch, and it just seems like a team that's lost faith in what they do well. And whenever the the run can't be set up to complement the pass and you push the ball down the field, it's just you have to like remind yourself, I think sometimes that this is the offense that the Rams signed themselves up for. Like they could have brought back Sony Michelle, but they decided, Hey, you know, we're happy. We're content with Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. And then you have to reload with, you know, signing the desperation signings like Malcolm Brown and Ronnie rivers. Right. And, you know, they, they send away, you know, in like with intent, they trade away Robert Woods of the Titans, bring in Allen Robinson. And they drafted Tutu Atwell a year ago. And, you know, they keep doubling down on Van Jefferson, despite him not really being a you know featured part of this offense. So, um, and the offensive line is what it is, It's but there's been a lot of injuries, but, um, you know, you don't replace Andrew Whitworth. You just have the next man up and Joseph Noteboom, right? And like, what were they thinking? Did they think this would be good enough? Were they expecting the defense to take a step forward with Bobby Wagner and it would offset the two, but I don't know. And I don't see a plan moving forward, which is what concerns me more than just 
20, the 2022 season. Yeah, you know, uh, JB, you mentioned some interesting points here about, you know, what were the Rams thinking and, and the moves that they made in the offseason that didn't feel uh, lateral. You know, these weren't quite lateral moves. You didn't, I don't know that Allen Robinson was viewed as being quite the uh, same type of receiver or certainly didn't have the recent history uh, of some of the, you know, what we had seen out of Robert Woods and OBJ. So there was some concerns there. And then Bobby Wagner not filling a, a role that had been really uh, of any great importance to Sean McVay for his first five years as the Rams coach. You know, inside linebacker could just be, uh, you know, anybody basically. And, and the Rams were doing just fine. And so that was kind of a strange move to think, you know, is this now because the team is a Super Bowl champion and, and on primetime TV, it's like, well, Bobby Wagner's a star. You know, Allen Robinson has been a star in the past and could be a star. You know, it's like kind of thinking more of, you know, bringing in star like players instead of maybe bringing in the best players. And, you know, the roster just lacks a lot of talent between the top and the bottom. And it, it feels like a wider base now than what we've seen um, in the recent past. So that's been a struggle uh, for the Rams. Uh, but Chris, you know, if we, we, we should, and we have to, you know, sort of find like the positives out of this, you know, what, what is some sort of positive takeaway here that the Rams can uh, at least feel good about moving forward? Cause this was, very nearly a win uh, and the defense held uh, the bucks out of the end zone for 59 minutes and 45 seconds. Um, so what was some sort of positive out of this game? You're not going to sit here and force me to say something positive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is what I'm going to say. I was prepared to, to talk about even after a Rams win while we were winning, I was prepared to come on here and say our season is, basically over even that we would we would have been 500 but it would have been a nasty disgusting 500 it's not one of those oh this is a defensive team grimy just shut down the opponent no it would have been a well we lucked up today on that one type of 400 500 it if i'm going to say something positive um there are depth pieces that are getting solid playing time. Um, that's that's it. That's all I have. Um, <laughs> the, the punter, Riley Dixon, he did a uh -huh. pretty solid job. Um, and Tony Romo, I, I want to say that he said that the Rams are the least penalized team in the NFL. So that's something that's a positive yeah, uh, that's really it. No. Oh, and, and Malcolm Brown averaged four point five yards a carry today. I love me some Malcolm Brown. He only had two carries for nine yards. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was gonna mention the running backs. You know, hey, another positive maybe is uh, if the Rams had had better play call I don't know something he he could have had 100 yards or something you know if uh if he had had more than 12 carries he had 12 carries for 56 yards Cam Akers had five carries for three yards in his return um and the what just kind of is mind-blowing as I alluded to earlier Cooper Cup has eight catches for 127 yards and the whole rest of the team had five catches for 38 yards and 
Van Jefferson, as mentioned before, uh, I believe by you, Chris, uh, 0 for 5. Uh, ben Skoranek, over 2. Tutu Atwell, a healthy scratch. Bryce Hopkins, uh, Matthew Stafford skipped that one to him. Tyler Higby, 0 for 1. So not even a reliable number 2 as he, you know, the team forced him to be early in the year. Uh, just nothing, nothing, nothing going here for the Rams receiving core. And that was, you know, you've got the highest paid annually Cooper cup. Uh, you've got Allen Robinson on that big three-year contract. You've got second round picks. Uh, you've got, you, you saved an extra roster spot for Lance McCutcheon and, and he's not helping. Uh, or, you know, I don't, that's where I'm like, why not Lance McCutcheon? I mean, nothing else is working. So uh, JB, what was a positive for you? I mean, no turnovers is always good. And as a defense, you know, you didn't get a turnover, but, uh, you know, Terrell Lewis was extremely close. Jalen Ramsey was close again a couple of times, and you just like to see him come away with those. But uh, I guess aside from the turnovers, Terrell Lewis just had a really, I think, outstanding game. Splashed a little bit as a pass rusher, drew that holding penalty in the, on, late in the game. That was pretty crucial to help get that stop. And, you know, he's a little bit more than just a standard edge rusher. He can be, you know, a true outside linebacker. And you saw him make plays in pass coverage, too. So um, I think he flashed early in the year, has kind of fallen down a little bit. But, you know, he really bounced back today in a big way, and I was pretty impressed. Yeah, that's one. Uh, and it's good to keep as many, you know, a tally as long as as we possibly can. Uh, up next for the Rams is the Cardinals at home. Um, the Cardinals are a pretty bad team. Three and six, lost to the Seahawks on Sunday. And... You know, just that if 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 there's any saving grace, maybe for the Rams is that the Cardinals continue to be, you know, a shit show that draws attention for it. And you're wondering what why did Cliff Kingsbury uh, get extended in the offseason? Why did Kyler Murray get extended in the offseason? And they're stuck with those two people. Uh, oddly enough, you know, obviously Sean McVay and Les Snead getting extended in the offseason, as well as Matthew Stafford, as well as raises for Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald, uh, popping those champagne bottles uh, a little early, perhaps, for the follow-up campaign, although well-deserving for winning the Super Bowl last year. We can't forget that and do appreciate that. Uh, but, you know, the Cardinals are a pretty bad team again, three and six, and look like a team that may also, you know, uh, could also be bad, you know, after making the playoffs last year. Thoughts on next week's game against the Cardinals? JB. Yeah, I mean, I guess whenever you think about the offseason contract extensions, which one seems worse at this point, Kyler Murray's or Matthew Stafford's? I mean, you think about Kyler Murray and, you know, he's maybe his best football is ahead of him and he has a mobile element where you can design runs for him and, you know, he can scurry around and extend plays. But I just it's going to be an interesting game. It could be, you know, another low scoring defensive struggle where it's going to be it's going to come down to which quarterback makes the most mistakes and you know Murray never seems to play well against the Rams and but whenever he gives you your opportunities you have to convert and like we talked about against the 49ers last week and the Bucks this week is uh you can't let those balls fall incomplete you got to catch them and you got to turn them into turnovers and as bad as this offense is you got to give them second chances and, and you know as many opportunities as possible Chris uh how do you feel about you know the Rams playing at SoFi Stadium next Sunday and, uh, you know, facing a Cardinals team and, 
you know, that's really for both teams, I guess, you know, we, it feels like we say this every, every week now, which is like, uh, is this a can't lose or a must win game for the Rams? And we knew that this one was a must win game for the Rams already, but then you look at that one against the Cardinals and you go like, okay, whichever team loses that game and will be in last place in the NFC West. I mean, they might as well pack it in. So thoughts next week for the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with the last part that you said anymore. This game right here, mathematically, I, I say we're done, right? But mathematically, we're not really done. Mathematically, the season's not really over. I don't give a damn what kind of mathematics you bring into the equation. If the Rams do not beat the Cardinals next week, the season is completely over and I do want to say something. Um, I'll kind of piggybacking off of what you said, they won a Super Bowl last year. Let's let's appreciate that, right? But that was last year. I don't want to sound, oh, thanks for that last year. Moving on, what have you done for me lately? I've, I've for the last twenty some odd years, all I've wanted out of the Rams was one more Super Bowl. So I can't really be too upset, but the product they are putting on the field, I don't know if they're going to get it done against the Cardinals. I really don't because I, I, I feel like this, this loss isn't one of the losses that's like, okay, this is what we did wrong. Let's fix it. Let's adjust. Let's move forward. This is one of the losses that they may not even realize or go through the emotion of that loss until like Wednesday. They might wake up tomorrow morning and the initial thought is, yeah, we won. Oh, wait a minute. Because it was that close. This might be a hangover loss. This might be one of those times where you lose to two, two uh, lose twice to one team. So we're going to be playing the Bucks next week and the Cardinals next week because this type of loss you don't get over in five days or seven days. This one's a rough one. Yeah, fair point. You know, uh, and coming out of uh, losing the to the 49ers in week eight, you know, then uh, it really is like, okay, really that, that 49ers game was so huge. This Bucks game is so huge. This Cardinals game is so huge. And if obviously if you go to over three in your huge games, um, the season is over. So that is uh, the, the the upcoming situation for the Rams. You know, Chris, what are your thoughts on, you know, Matthew Stafford's future? Because uh, JB brought that up as well. And it's it's interesting because, yeah, the Rams, hey, they've got Stafford uh, for four more years after this one, whether Aaron Donald uh, retires or not. I mean, I don't have a problem with the contract. I mean, what quarterback, you you drop any quarterback in this offense as is. Are they doing much better? Outside of Mahomes. No, I don't see it. Outside of Patrick Mahomes, maybe, maybe Lamar Jackson. There's not a quarterback that I can think of. And Josh Allen, I'm so sorry. Um, there's not a quarterback that I really could think of that changes this because it's not just Matthew Stafford. It is everything around Matthew Stafford except Cooper Cup. Yeah, one area, I think if I go ahead, JB, one area yeah. of Stafford's, you know, he's really struggled at this season is in the red area. And that really flashed, you know, today too, when Daryl Henderson ripped off those two long runs, both were first downs. And 
you know, 23 yards, the Rams longest run of the season. Pretty awesome. Right. And, you know, the Rams follow that up by taking Henderson out of the game, putting acres in, and then they throw the ball three times in a row. And one of those passes was, you know, Ben Skronik was wide open in the back of the end zone and Matthew Stafford skipped the ball off the turf. So, uh, and you flashback all these close games, the Rams have played this season. I think you can always point to struggles in the red zone and, you know, Matthew Stafford's made, he's missed some throws and he's left some meat on the bone. And I think, uh, you know, he's consistently been graded in terms of PFF and, you know, whatever advanced analytics you're looking at and, you know, the high twenties, low thirties this season, he's been, there's so many, you know, quarterbacks on a normal year, you'd consider mediocre or average or even outright bad that have just been better than him this season. And he's as much part of the problem as any player on offense this year, including Bobby Evans. Oh, Bobby Evans, don't get me started on Bobby Evans. But I I, I ask you this though, JB. Are we, at this point, yeah, he 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 could he that should have been a completion for a touchdown, right? But Tony Romo, and I, I love this comment because you see the field the best when you're up in the booth. That's why most offensive coordinators, defense coordinators prefer to be up in the booth. You can see the game developing so much more. And he stated that there were there would be several opportunities down the field if the Rams just had one more second, one more second. I just, yes, we the Rams have struggled in the red zone, but that go to me, that goes back to not being able to run the ball. You tell me we're one yard away, two yards away. We can't pound that in. It's it's yes, Matthew Stafford is a problem, but the bigger to me, the bigger problem is everything around him. Last year, he had things around him and it worked. He had weapons around him and it worked. He had an offensive line in front of him and it worked. He had a defense that was playing better than what they're doing, playing more opportunistic than what they're doing last this year, generating a few more turnovers than what we're doing. This Everything worked around him last season. If you were asking him to put it on his shoulders, I mean, I don't think that that's ever been Matthew Stafford's thing to put the game on his shoulders and he's going to get you to the playoffs. Things have to work for him, and we kind of knew that coming into this and coming into last season. We knew we had to work around Matthew Stafford to lift him up. He's not going to be the guy that lifts such a bewildering team up. It, it, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, I uh, I see that point as well um, because, I mean, we're seeing it. We're seeing that uh, the Rams don't have the best supporting cast right now, and Matthew Stafford is ineffective, uh, uh, not very valuable. And, you know, that's as the quarterbacks that you mentioned earlier, Chris, like Mahomes and Allen, and uh, a very short list that, you know, some weeks doesn't go any longer than those two. It's uh, it's not quite the Matthew Stafford that you're going to get. Uh, Chris, what would you prioritize, prioritize in 2023? Uh, left tackle, a wide receiver, a tight end, you know, with, with the resources that the Rams have, obviously they'll address this issue. A running back, what would you like to see? Nothing is more important than the offensive line. On offense, nothing's more important than the O-line. On defense, nothing's more important than the D-line. You have the – you have – 
to have the trenches squared away. So we have to invest everything we've got into that offensive line. I mean, hyperbolic a little bit, obviously, but we need to build from the front back and then out, not outside in. Got to go offensive line. JB, same question to you. I think an edge rusher and you know a really great pass rush specialist would solve a lot of these problems on defense, including you know all the underneath throws where the quarter the cornerbacks uh, have to play so far off because you know because they're not really trusted to stick and you know those things work in tandem coverage and pass rush right so and I also think the Rams need to find you know just a workhorse type running back like maybe the Seattle Seahawks got in Kenneth Walker this year and part of the problem is you know that's a going to take a second or third round draft pick to get but. You really, uh, you have never replaced Todd Gurley. You're still working for that superstar uh, running back, and it would really add an element to this offense. That, and these running backs pose no threat to defenses, and that's something you need moving forward. Yeah, you mentioned an edge rusher, and that makes me think of just, I, it's it's still kind of stunning that Leonard Floyd uh, is set to make $22 million next year. Uh, that is the edge rusher, you know, that's, that's the one, that's the money that, uh, Les Snead, uh, and company spent to get an edge rusher. And, and I'm still pretty befuddled by it, uh, cause we haven't seen anything from Leonard Floyd really this season. And, and I didn't think we had seen quite a, enough, uh, when he had got that extension, uh, before we get out of here. Yeah. Chris, what, what are your thoughts on? Cause I asked you about the offense maybe uh, for defense and you did mention the defensive line. So you probably think an edge rusher as well. Absolutely. Yeah. JB's right on the money. I mean, we're basically letting receivers run untouched for at least eight yards. Right. And really you're not supposed to touch them after that. It's a flat, but we have nothing productive on the defensive line in terms of outside edge rush he made a jb made a great point terrell lewis did flash several times okay can we get that consistently i don't know but we need someone that we know can get there consistently because you double team triple team aaron donald and now it's working because you don't have another threat to get to the quarterback it's uh, and and yeah, it's just not knowing that long term uh, availability uh, of Aaron Donald um, is also a huge question because then you start to think of the the nightmare situation that you brought up, which is uh, what if this team doesn't have Aaron Donald next season? So you know if yeah, this Rams team without Aaron Donald, um, if they're coming off of a losing season and going to next year. Uh, with less players, I mean, yeah, it's hard for Aaron Donald to stick around. Um, so the Rams fall to three and five, lose to the Bucks, sixteen to thirteen. Thought the Rams, you know, they could have won this game and uh, you know gotten back to five hundred, and then you know maybe the pieces would start to fall in place. But every game you lose like this one uh, just makes it harder to to really even wait for anybody to to show up and help. Uh, JB, final thought here on Rams Bucks. I'll leave you with this last minute overreaction where, you know, the Rams, we, they didn't make a move to the trade deadline because they used to exploit this market inefficiency of trading uh, draft picks for proven commodities, right? And veteran players. But maybe now on the flip side of it, if the market's changed, you start tearing it down to the studs. What can you get for Jalen Ramsey, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, who knows, but uh, we'll see how things go out moving forward. 
All right, that's it for this episode of Turf Show Times, the instant reaction show. Hit subscribe, find us on Spotify, and go to turfshowtimes.com for more coverage all week.